This announcement in response to that our sister network, My Genre Radio Network, is behind the non-derogatory movement for today's music. Go to MyGenreRadio.net and support the movement. I've never been the type who's afraid to try, no. Facing the truth the is, the enemy knows your destiny better than you do. That's why he wants to stop it. He will try to introduce idols into your life that will steal your passion and divide your heart. Fight for an undivided heart and go to war against anything and everything that would steal your passion, because your destiny is too important to live otherwise. This is Fight for Your Dreams with Pastor C. Coach Albert. Alright, alright, how you all doing? How you all doing? This is your friend and brother, Pastor C. Coach Albert, coming at you for another show. Hey man, I'm coming again. The past uh, the the preacher, the preacher that's a that's that's a dreamer, that's a fighter that refuses to stay down and he coaches others how to get up. And the reason that's so because the one that we serve, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, um According to the scripture, he rose out the grave on the third day morning with all power, with dynamite power, and not just one hand, both his hands. Amen. And uh, in him and through him, we can make it. We can survive. Matter of fact, we all survivors. I uh, want to give a shout out to Brother Cleveland Rhodes on uh, the RCR Resilient Christian Network. Amen. I, I, I thank God for... Uh, what we have coming down to shoot in 2022. Now, I thank God for the television network that's about to birth. You ought to be hearing about it and seeing it. I'm blessed to I'm blessed to be in that position. Also to the artist, my motivational anthem. Uh, uh, giving my all, giving my all. Gentry Cozier. Amen. That's, that's part of our non-derogatory movement for the youth. And uh, trying to get positive music back on our radio airways. We need your help. How can you help? Let me tell you. You can download the song and add it to your playlist. It's available on all digital platforms. This artist here don't have any parental guidance or specific lyrics to any of his music. Um, and this my anthem, Give My All, the second verse is, is, uh, is electrifying. I, I like it. It's very inspiring, motivating. It's also great workout music. Uh, the second verse says, sometimes I feel like I don't want to go on. Seems like the higher I climb, the harder I fall. Sometimes it gets discouraging, but I got to stay focused. Got to get up and plant my feet because my faith is testing me. Yes, my brother and my sister, surely our faith is being tested in these dark days, these dark and weary days that we see. We have never seen times like these, a pandemic. Or some people say a pandemic, uh, shots, vaccination shots. Uh, you got to wear your mask, follow CDC rules. I mean, it's affecting traveling, family gathering. But we just got to let it play out and just do our part to make it better. Pay our part to, uh, to minimize. So many deaths has happened, has occurred, but we still have to keep Showing love to one to another and hold on to God's unchanging hand. Okay. And then also, uh, thank God for all my listeners and my viewers. Uh, 
it's your support that keeps me on the air. And, and if you want to support, you can send a donation. Um, or I'm looking for also monthly subscribers as well for $1.99 a month. Uh, you can connect. You can connect with me on RevSaidYahoo.com. That's R-E-V. It's Reverend S-A-I-D at Yahoo.com. All right, I have a powerful show on 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 this evening that I know, I know, I know that I know <laughs> it's going to be a blessing to you. I'm I'm going to introduce uh, this great man of God and let him tell his story. And I'm sure you all are going to be blessed, empowered, inspired, and motivated. I want to introduce to you um, right now the, uh, the the leader of uh, Street Certified out of Syracuse, New York, uh, Brother Dwayne Coma. Mr. Coma, how you doing? How you doing? <laughs> all right, all right, sir. All right. Thank you once again for coming on and uh, and making time out of your busy schedule. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Well, Mr. Coma, uh, tell our audience, you know, introduce you and, and, and give them some and give them some background on where you came from and how you uh, your journey. I mean, because what I, uh, I really thank God for this time, man. And this this it's a powerful thing. So I just want you to dialogue and, you know, uh, share with the audience. New York. Uh, actually, in 1996, January 17th, 1996, mm-hmm. I caught a, I caught a federal charge um, in the Northern District of New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to go to trial 1997 and received a life sentence plus 40 plus 20. Um. After that, um, I was incarcerated for 21 years, eight months. Uh, August 3rd, 2016, President Barack Obama um, announced on national TV that he uh, pardoned me. Um, I was released uh, September 1st, 2016, and then out to the halfway house. Then. Uh, December 1st, 2016, I was released. Um, after I was released, I started doing um, work at the Peace Center, at the Syracuse Volunteer Work. Then I did what I did. I um, worked for the Volunteer Lawyers Project um, at Island County um, Volunteer Lawyers Projects. Um, then I worked for the Department of Commerce. Then I worked for Tony EOC while I was doing all these um, work for these different companies. I graduated in mm-hmm. business administration from Alabama Community College. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, after I graduated, um, I, I started uh, putting together in February 2018 um, a group. Formerly incarcerated people, we put together down in um, Vegas, uh, Street Certified National. And um, then I created Street Certified Syracuse. And I'm the Eastern uh, Regional Director of Street Certified National, which is a part of Live Free and Fun Peace National. 
with the, one of the biggest uh, gun violence conventions in the country. Lord, 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 have mercy. And before we go any further, uh, before, you, before, we, before we go any further, I, I want to give a shout out on, uh, live uh, to uh, to my big cousin, uh, uh, Anthony, Anthony Halbert in uh, Syracuse, New York as well, that he was the, he was the connection that God uh, touched to make this happen. So shout out to Tony, shout out to Tony. And uh, this is the reason why this, this is the reason why this interview is happening. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You can finish. Yes, sir. Um, like I said, I did 21 years and eight months while I was incarcerated. Um, I taught uh, parenting classes. I taught um, empowerment classes, and uh, I, I got very strong with spirituality. All right. Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> So, um, by me getting stronger with spirituality and uh, my face, um, I became a changed man. I started doing legal work. I started doing legal work for um, older people that was incarcerated that really didn't know how to read or write, you know, that had too much time. Um, and the reason why I started doing this legal work for these individuals because I thought of myself. Mm -hmm. um, just I want to go back over and, and, and reiterate my sentence. You know, like I said, I had life account one continuous criminal enterprise. Um, they gave me 40 years, 40 years, and 40 years for a um, small amount of uh, crack cocaine because of the disproportionate um, thing of 100 to 1 ratio. So, Essentially, if you got over uh, 50 grams, you know, they can give you a life sentence based on the preponderance of the evidence standard. And that was one of the questions that um, the jury asked the judge, does you really told them that um, the amount and the type is something for her to pick out. But that was the decision that she used as sentencing by preponderance of the evidence standard to give me the life plus 40 plus 40 plus 40 plus 20. Um, so it's really, you couldn't fight it because it's, um, the jury did not pick that. Um, and that was one of the things that I brought up. I also, um, it was a, it was a, it was a very, very hard time. Uh, when first when, um, I was that morning, uh, when I went to sentence in uh, December 8th, 1997, um, they, so the marshals came. I, that morning I was playing uh, with four four guys who was at the table. And um, they said, they said, Comer, court. Um, so I just went, everybody, just, it's just a regular day to everybody. Um, I went over there, received the sentence. When I got back, I jumped back in the car game. So later on that day, this was like 8 o'clock a.m. that morning. Mm -hmm. About 12, 1 o'clock when I got back. Um, I just jumped back in the car game and started playing. Um, and when I jumped back in the car game and started playing, you know, everything was good. Everybody playing and, you know, laughing and everything. And then nobody really understand what, I, what just happened. 
So it came on the news, national morning news at 12 o'clock noon, noon, and they announced the sentence I got, and everybody stopped and got silenced and just looked. I can only imagine. Yeah, but they didn't understand the, the, the thing that I had on my mind, and that the thing that I had on my mind was the fight I was getting ready to put up, the relief from sitting down there in a county jail for over fighting for a four and a half month trial and just watching the railroad, just watching the lot, just watching everything became, you know, uh, so much of a burden. You just, you know, it humbled me to the fact that I knew I had what I Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Okay, so um it shocked them. It shocked everybody. They couldn't believe it, you know. And they still, you know, individuals that's there still reach out to me today. That's out here. Syracuse who talks talks about that um, and says, um, you know, that really that still plays in their heart. That's how they remember, you know. I but wanna, you know, I want to ask a question. I want to ask a question. Uh-huh. I want you to explain how was your how was your relationship with Christ before the sentence and afterwards? I want. How, how, okay. how, how was it before? I mean, um, it was before. You know, I was young. You know how we just seeing that we growing up, no father figure in it. So That's, yeah, go ahead. I, I have to do this. I had to do this. You know, growing up in the projects, you know, on the south side with no father figure, and it was really rough. So it really, you know, you'll go to church here and there. You, you know, you'll think about um, God. You definitely know He was, He existed, He was there. But it was all about growing up and what you're seeing around you. You know, the friends, things. So those things. So my relationship with God was there, but it was wasn't there. Mm-hmm. 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 During that year, that first year. I began, you know, to pray and all this and start to learn and read the Bible, got into it, you know, and things, you know, you, you grow, you can, you can sit there, you can cry, you can do all that as much as you want, but it was a bottom line and God told you, you know, come to that peace and this is where the transformation comes. I didn't know at that time what the transformation that he was talking about, <laughs> but I was growing up, you know, I couldn't reach out to nobody, couldn't ask nobody for help because they locked up everybody around me, including my mom, before they let her out. So, yeah, so I'm just watching this and I'm standing and, you know, a lot of times you'd be like, you really know the individuals that you're around, but you don't know them because you're watching in this trial people come up there and put something on you that really ain't got nothing to do with you. But you can't think about it because it's full of hearsay. So you just like, you know, only Lord knows, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So the pain, you know, watching my mom sit in there in this trial and she's seeing people that smiled in her living room, smile to eat uh, food, you know, all those things do what they doing. And so when I go home and call her, it was even more pain because she just, you know, fight 
Come on, baby. The Lord got you. So she's very religious. She's been, you know, Jesus, got Jesus, this, this, this. So, you know, and I'm knowing that, you know, it's a fight. And I, 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 can, I can hear the sorrow and the pain that I never knew about prior to that, that you can put other people in that much pain. Yes, Lord. Yes, that that pain is making me say, "Oh man, let me." I gotta read. You know, Jesus is just Jesus, Jesus, and I'm learning at the same time. Yes, sir. And uh, late night, um, you know, and it's just growing. Um, once I lost trial because the trial, you know, um, uh, uh, like nine days they stayed in deliberation. Um, so I had everybody nervous. Um, once I lost it though, and they told me, um. You know, it was like I said, it was a fight every step of the way. I've never felt so humiliated and disrespected, you know, more than that this trial and the way that it was carried. Um, I remember uh, they had called a, a, a lab technician in there to tell, you know, to talk about the drugs. He come in there and he see nine black defendants. And then, you know, he was black himself. Uh, and we're in Syracuse, New York, where it's mostly white. Um, and he couldn't believe it. He just was like, nah, I can't, you know, he even couldn't do it, you know. So that was going on. And they just kept going anyway, fat, full speed, full speed. Um, my lawyer fake like he falling asleep at the trial. He's not questioning stuff. It was a, it was a, it was so humbling to see all this going on that you're seeing it, um, to make you realize and see how deep you're falling. And God is saying, "Listen, I got you. Just look, look at it. Look, I need you to see because this is your mission. You need this." Yes, boy. This is God, dog. This is this 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 deep. This this deep. It's probably one of the deepest. Uh, interviews I didn't had. Um, you said something that struck me about fatherhood, and uh, I, I got a show about that. And uh, I'm very, I'm moved about that. And I, I want to take a stand about that. You know, there's a lot of, especially in our African American community, a lot of uh, people all around this country came up in broken homes, to where the mother's there, but the father is absent, and then in some homes. The father may still be there, but he's not where he needs to be with Christ. So it's almost like he's still absent. He's still absent because you get involved in it. When he ain't there to give you that spiritual guidance and the do's and don'ts of life, yeah, you know, you get involved in all kind of stuff. And so I'm not, I'm not shook at all on what I'm hearing. This is just some of the patterns that goes on in our African-American community. And, and... Even outside of the African American community, it happens. And but ain't it good to know that God would touch somebody to 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 stand in a father like role? And and ain't it good to know that the Lord God Jesus will be a mother to the mothers and a father to the fatherless. We got somebody because at that time when you were going through all that, them you separated from your mother in the prison. You was in a you was in a place, brother Dwayne, where you had to lean on it. Yes. You, yes. you had no choice. Yes. You're right. You're right. 
And your relationship grew. And it grew. And it grew. And look how God is using you today. Wow. Wow. Yes. You can keep going, brother. Wow. Okay. Um, one, one of the things um, that was also very, very heartfelt was I came down. I was coming. You know, once I had lost trial, I was coming to see my daughter. Okay. And my daughter's mother. She was young and I was young. So I had in my mind that I had to break to her what was going on. And, you know, I can't stop her life because of the sentence. It's just it's just too much for me to do both. So I, that was my intent on the visit. So when I came to visit, I hold my daughter, I explained it to them. And it was hard, you know, because they was used to me being there every day. Right. So, so but I did it and I had to. On my way back, I just was holding back everything just so they looked strong for them. Mm -hmm. But I knew that it was going to crash as soon as I got up to the cell. However, coming down the hallway, I seen my attorney who represented me at the trial. And when he seen me, he looked at me, turned around and started running from me, literally running. And I couldn't understand why. You kidding me? Yeah, he started running. He just started running. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just, that stuck with me every day when I got up to the jails. It never left. It was like the final straw to you're not going to win in my mind. I don't care what y'all did, how y'all did it. You're not going to win. I'm not letting you win. You, it's kept, not you kept hope. In the midst of all yeah. of that pain and aggravation and hurt, you kept hope behind them, behind them prison walls. There's some I, kind of way, I believe, God, you can get me out of here and I can take a stand. Yeah. Lord, yeah. have mercy. Yeah. Lord, have mercy. And so, you know, a lot of times um, when I finally got up to the jail, to the, the penitentiary, uh, um, I got to USP Lewisburg. At the time, it was the roughest penitentiary in the whole United States. Like, you're talking about a man just of non-violence, first-time felon, you read it in a newspaper article. Yes, sir. Being forced to a very violent atmosphere of this penitentiary, you know, where only the strong survive. When I got up there, it just had been a double murder. Two white guys, I killed two black guys from um, Washington, D.C. So when I get in there, um, they're taking me, like, they take you to what they call shoe. And they lock you down before they let you out of the general population. Um, when they take me to shoot, I get an hour of rec. That's recreation. They take me to recreation. They get ready to put me in a gate with some white people. You hear the people, all the black guys start hitting the gate. Hitting the gate. And I don't understand what they're doing. Then the E-mind about a Philly that I learned later on, that's who it was, was telling them, don't put him in there. Don't put him in there. Don't put him in there. I didn't know. I didn't have a clue. I didn't know what, what they was talking about, but they didn't. Finally, they pulled back and didn't put me in that last second. I learned when they let me out that those are the ones who did the killing. And then they was about to put me in there with them. So, you know, that was even just a, a shocker. And then when they let me out in the general population, 
um, I met a guy that I was down at the the county jail with. Um, his name was uh, Tommy Walker, and we was up to the gym, and he was introducing me, giving me some um, you know things I need: toothpaste, toothbrush, and all. And all the commotion just broke out. They just started stabbing each other up, and he told me, "Put your back on the wall." I put my back on the wall, and they was just you know it was gang activity. They was you know stabbing each other up. Um, and he started to break down and teaching me um, how the prison life was. Only, um, and he told, taught me, you know, come to the, this is the law, law library, this go every day. And that's where I've been. And that's where I met the best legal uh, technicians, jailhouse lawyers in the country. Um, you know, a lot of them was up there and they was teaching me the law. And that's what I was been doing for most of my time at that time before I started helping and assisting help people. Um, you know, uh, we here, we fight, we read things, and we see like all over the country, like every single black person and brown person and Spanish person that was in there fighting their case, fighting what you call the habeas court, the 2255, was filing in effect a system of counsel. That means their counsel set them up. It became a norm all over the country. It's it's about 12 United States Courts of Appeals. And every single person that was incarcerated was filing an effective system counsel. We understood the scam. And when we tried to put out to our family members out here, put out to people out here, they didn't understand what we was trying to say. It was hard, you know. We look at, we'll put things in where everybody should have won. Everybody think they have the chance to win, and nobody was winning. I mean, literally, no one was winning. Wow, wow. This this is this is something here. How you was you was you was, you was picked on and be picked out. <laughs> to be in the position you in today, and as I we, we was talking earlier, that God take leaders through the fire, not just for them, but to go back and bring others through. And you you're in a, a you you you're in a position to to uh, to be a voice, to be a voice for uh, so many people that have been left behind. I want you before we go any further. I want you to explain also because. A lot of time when you get thrown the book, you ain't getting out. So what's the first thing that goes through somebody's mind? Well, if I can't get out, I'm going to take my life. Yeah. Some of the things that you experienced when you was um, in that in that 20-year uh, sentence. Okay. All right. After about, you know, five or six years, they evaluate and they say your level come down. Like I said, I went to uh, a penitentiary. And, you know, even though I had nine vows, my points was really low, but they put what they call a public safety factor on you because of, you know, what they call um, the sentence, the time amount. So they put me in shoe. That's what you call administrative housing, where they hold people and transfer you out. And you're in there, you in shoe for 23 hours, and you get one hour to take a shower. You go back into your shoe. You don't talk to nobody, you don't, you know, you don't, um, be with nobody or nothing because you're in 
this housing. Usually they put people in there who don't get stabbings, uh, who's been stabbed, victims who's scared to come out on the compound, um, you know, just people that's transferring. So they have everybody in this this thing. And at night, you know, you know, you hear the guys, they go off, they fight the police all night. Um, police turns on the fans so they can't hear them screaming all night. Um, and in that process, you can hear people killing themselves. You can hear people hanging themselves. They're hollering out the hallway. Like when Christmas or something come, they can't take it for being sitting in there so long. So they're screamed out all the way. I'm about to kill myself, y'all. And next thing you know, you can hear all the foots running and, you know, it usually you don't get no happen. Or you hear them just wake up and just can't do it and one celly and just kill the other celly. Um, or, you know, you'll hear somebody that's, um, mother don't pass or sisters or somebody don't pass who sent them money and they got a uh, hundred years, 150 years and they can't and they just start stabbing up people. They just start going crazy or, you, you know, or they hang themselves after they do it and they never, you know, it's just that pressure, you know, yeah. the holiday, they call and they get the phone and they put in a slip to get the phone for like two or three days and after they get the phone they missed out that their brother or their friend you know what I'm saying people who were only people that were sending them money the only people that they had to talk to to feel that comfort or got killed or die and you know they just goes off and you know it's just it's that um, you got to hear that holler and, and you hear that holler boy you be wanting to get out of there get away from that um, shoe you hear that on all sides, you know. So when you go out in the morning, when you be in cages, you hear the other. You see the other people just standing around, staring around. Some called uh, childs that ran down their body. Um, you know, looking in the cage, they don't know what to say. You know, you're scared to talk to people. You know, it's just it's it's. It, you see, you know, that got to be. I mean, you know, I I was thinking, I was thinking, if you speaking, I. <laughs> Everybody got different trials they have to go through and cross the bar. I was thinking about when I had when I had COVID, when I had COVID and I had to be I was quarantined in the house for like a month and a half, and I can't go nowhere. I couldn't go nowhere. This one early part of COVID in twenty, I couldn't go nowhere. I'm looking out the window, and my mind, my mind, I would wonder. How people in prison would feel when all they can do is just look out, just look out the window every now and then, or they can go outside for about, like you said, for an hour. Then you got to get back in. You know, I just, you know, I said, I said this is probably my closest experience <laughs> right here. But what, 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 what you all, what you've been through? I mean, man, twenty years, twenty years. You have to go and move the way somebody tell you to move. And if you don't do it, it's going to be a problem. And yeah. God bless you. And he showed favor for you like he did Joseph. Even in the prison, you met some key people to help you to, you know, and where you are today. I mean, this, this, is, this is really an awesome story. And what I like about it is you, you ain't forgot. You haven't forgotten the people. A lot of time, people. A lot of time, you come out, people. You so happy to be out. You forgot the people you left behind. 
But that's leadership. When you really care, when you really love God, you care for the people. So you're taking, you're taking, you're taking a stand. So you're taking a stand. Talk to us more. Talk to us more about uh, your stand and what you're trying to do and 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 street certified. I mean, there's some good stuff here. Um, what I'm doing now is um, because people don't understand. Uh, one of the things is that trauma. That when someone come out that's been down for so long, yeah. you never know what the, that individual don't experience in jail. And when they come out with that experience, they come out, you know, to a world that their people don't have a different experience, a different encounter, and they are not used to the type of violence that this kid don't witness. Now, today, they are. When they come out here, there's a different type of violence out here now. There's a different type of um, things that's going on now. We can't walk down the street and, and try to talk to girls like we used to. We can't um, really kick it with friends because um, you got first, you got COVID, like you just said. You got um, you got uh, uh, you got these people uh, with this shoot, this, this shooters. That's all. Now you got you know black and brown communities where they're shooting over blocks. So it's a like it's a total different thing, and you bring it out an uh, individual that's coming, that's formerly incarcerated, coming out, and then he have a probation or parole or supervision. Exactly, he got to walk. He or she has to walk a thin line, and I mean a thin line. Right, they coming out with uh, they they they're they're happy, but they don't really know how to feel that or touch that out and the first thing they're coming out with is the females they have kids so they're throwing the kid in their hand the first day and they're saying um define some sort of liability instantly right there so they don't have programs they can't go to because they don't trust the program because a program every time they come out to a program the program is giving it to them but they're putting the obstruction up for them to try to you know even get in the program you go in this program, you got to go to work, but you got to do, you got to stay in here this time. You got to do this over here. You got to go to this other program. Jobs don't have time for that. You know, the probation officer make them go to, uh, instead of them going to stay with their mother or their friend or somebody that is alive that can help them, they make them go into these uh, Catholic charity place, these rescue missions. You know, it's so hard, you know, so that, the thing that these individuals, when they come out, uh, formerly incarcerated individuals, they're faced with a thing that's totally different and foreign to what they're trying to do. Like, they have a plan, but their plan is destroyed on the first day when they meet their parole officer, supervision officer, or whatever. And and, and that, that, that thing of get over here, get over there, do this, do that. And, you know, these agencies in the background holding tickets. 25, 30 years old on them so they can't get their license. They can't get an ID. They're forcing them. It's like a robot-like society. So I'm creating this space to to be able to have for them to come into and have that protection to allow them to get the training before they go to work, before they, they get the, the um, be able to see their family and, you know, impact the family from this get a chance to, to, to create that new relationship with him because he's different. 
He's a shock. He don't get everything. He get to address that that trauma in peace. He get to do, you know, network. He get to see how things working out here. The COVID to get himself together to be able to um then turn around and show society uh this is how you be successful. So that's what Street Certified Syracuse is is creating for these individuals and, and Street Certified National uh, model. Um. And, you know, it's, 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 it's a humbling feeling because me, myself, when I got out, I had 35 tickets all the way down as far as Georgia, LaGrange, Georgia, that was still on me. And then the prosecutor, the lawyers and all of them still talking about some, you got to take care of the tickets before you get your driver's license. And I need the license. I need the uh, ID. The work, you know you can't go out here with no ID. You're going back to jail. So I needed that. So I had to go to all them courts and, and, and take care of that. Take care of those ticks. Uh, uh, um, so, you know, that's money that you don't have because you, how? You just got, I got scopped up and going 21 years, eight months. Where did I get money from? 35, Lord. Yeah, you got to start all over. You have to start all <laughs> over. And I guess whatever wasn't, didn't take care, you didn't take care then. You got to run into all of that. So that's that's burden. So what, one of the things I did was I told all of them, I'm not paying a dime. I mean, you, the police officers don't retire to die. I just take them a trial. Just start throwing them out. I, I, my thing is to show these guys, you don't have to run. You don't have to fight. You don't have to shoot nobody. You don't have to do all that. You can stand up to the system. You know, and you can also be an example to other people that's in there that need to come out because they calling us animals. They calling us felons and they criminalizing everything we do. We have to be men and we have to evolve over that. So that was the purpose of me going to college. That's the purpose of me offering somebody an opportunity. Yeah. If you want to college, you want a decent job and you want to be paid and you want to do it right. Yeah. I, if you want a place to live because I had to live with my mother when I got out for four years. Yeah. Because I had, to, I had to do. So I want to be able to offer these same people the things that I went through. I don't want them to never have to go through the struggle that I had to go through. That's leadership. That's leadership. Yeah, yeah so, you know, <laughs> wow. But, you know, that was my, this is my whole thing. Um, you know, and I'm not saying that nothing about the system is broken. Because it ain't broken. It's set up the way that they wanted it set up to make us go through these challenges. Mm-hmm have to take our time and work together and network with our own and, you know, help and each one teach one. You're right. You know? Right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, you know, that's the thing that, you know, I definitely want, you know, everybody to know. And I'm not coming at nobody uh, saying, um, you know, this or saying uh, or something negative. No. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely coming as a man
uh, protection that I had that they is not getting. So they can build this relationship with their family correctly. So they can get help for coming out of there with that trauma before something happened. In their way, we can stop all this violence that formerly incarcerated people when they feel like ain't no hope and they feel like they're not going back to jail. You got to see what they're saying. They're not going to suffer like that anymore. And they don't have to. You know, don't have to be pressured to commit violence. They, if there is a way. There is hope. And I need that to be there because other people in there who's doing 25 or life sentence, they need to know that they have people that's coming out here that's formerly incarcerated, that's doing good, and that they can get out of from what they're doing that's while they're that's one thing I, 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 I very much love and respect about the position and what you're doing. You made, I read your letters, all the letters you sent from President Obama and everything in the school. You made a vow that you was going to impact and make a difference. And you're doing it. You're doing it. You're doing it. And ain't nobody mad but the devil. And his two-legged helpers. Ain't nobody mad. You, you're doing the work. You're doing the work. You're taking a stand to help others. And it's, it's beautiful. That's the best that you can do, uh, Brother Dwayne, is to, make, to, to take a stand that the old man has been buried. This is the new man. And I know in life, I've been in ministry 20 years, a lot of people don't want to forget what I used to do. But everybody is an ex-something. Everybody is an ex-something. But we can be renewed and redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. So I bless the Lord, man, for uh, what God has blessed you to come through. I thank God for President Obama uh, for yeah. having the heart to give you a second chance. Because the, the blood of Christ tells us, number one, that we are all sinners saved by the grace. But because his blood, because his blood, man, all of our sins, man, can be washed away. And God give us a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance. He gives us chances until he say, well, you ain't going to do right, so I got to deal with you. But he gave you a chance, Brother Dwayne, and you taking it and you running with it. And it's to be applauded. Yeah, it's to be applauded, man. You're taking it and you're running with it. And, you, and, you, and you're taking a stand. You, you're making a difference in this thing called life. I want to, I want to also, Brother Dwayne, talk about this street certified stand for this, and I'm real strong on this man. And we said President Obama started, but he didn't finish it. Gun violence. Yes. Gun violence. You know, you can just go in the store. 21 years old. How are you? 21. Let me see your ID. 21. You could be lying, but whether you're lying or not, it's that easy to get access to get, to get a pistol. Wow. And then we see all the murder and the killing going on in these schools and things and. Somebody going to shopping mall on drugs, shooting up everybody. But you but you give the you give the enemy access to get it and play and hurt and, and, and kill innocent people. I wanna I wanna talk to you. I want I wanna talk to you about that, you know, on the on this gun violence thing. Yeah. Uh, yes. The um with the gun violence intervention um program that um we're implementing, um, it's more like, you know, uh, the 1994 crime ominous bill came out and that allowed the police 
they get a lot of funding. And with that funding, they have you have a lot of laws like um the um the kid down in Florida who got killed by Zimmerman. Um to stand your ground up. So it's allowing everybody, you know, with all these guns, with all this uh to get this funded for the create these programs and unfortunately uh police has been getting, you know, uh um, Bill Clinton, all of them gave him thirty million dollars for this funding. So they're coming, and these guns are just—we don't know where they're coming from. They're just like in all our neighborhood, all over the country, and it's like um, they're spending like now two hundred and eighty million dollars a year um, just dealing with uh, our guns and gun violence and the person is getting shot. That's the, like a million dollars for the for the high east person that come in there with the hospital. It's just it's so much um, going on with it. So um by us creating um programs, you know, um to uh, live free and fun peace it, to to hit these communities with with um credible messengers, people that can come out, you know, that's uh have credibility with the streets and can, you know, probably their fathers, their uncles, who they haven't even talked to because these kids are growing up without father, without uncle. The same way we had to come up true. with. Very true. When, when Martin Luther King, all of them got killed, we had no leadership. So these kids don't have no leadership. So it's so much violence over streets that we don't even own. Southside, Northside, all these gang members. So we're coming at the, to be able to create a better way to resolve conflicts. You know, you don't have to use somebody uh, to resolve that conflict. Right, that's right. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah that's, that, 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 that's a strong anger demon. It's on these yeah. on these, on these new millenniums. Man, they'll pop you in a minute. That I mean, there's a strong anger demon. That's on these on these young on our young on our on our young generation, man, and we need organizations like this. Uh, yeah. Even the church. That's why I thank God for outreach, outreach ministries and things, man. The church can't do it by itself. You need, you need organizations like this to reach yeah. out and talk and mentor these young brothers, man, these young sisters. You know, yeah. popping somebody yeah. ain't the answer. Yes, right, right. So that's why you know by getting credible messengers and, and selling people from their own neighborhood within their own area allowed to make money to talk to the kids, to speak to the kids. They might know the mother. If they don't know the kid, they might know the uncle or cousin. Somebody knows somebody. And the kids who are shooting at each other might even be cousins. So if putting somebody, instead of the police to handle this part, can be resolved at the head before it even get to that level. Um, so, you know, you build that relationship with putting these people in these um, credible messengers in these neighborhoods um, um, or, or interrupters in these neighborhoods and you get the violence to go down. Like, look at the city of Chicago, the city of Oakland, um, California. You know, um, you know, these murder rates are going down at, at alarming rates as long as you do a whole wraparound service and everybody work together. And it's like you saving your community. Um, so we're trying to uh, push that out. You know, you had the American Rescue Plan who came out and, and helped assist it. 
we getting out a, a large amount of money funding from the uh, uh, Congress. Um, you also got the Better Back Bill Act coming out. It's giving up five billion, you know, to help these. So you're starting to see programs, but they have to involve the community. They have to involve the um, pastors, which goes state stepped out and did a lot of the great things like Jeffrey Brown down there in um, Boston who started some of the um, gun violence prevention work um, and even did a TED talk. So we have to um, really dig into this together and work together. Oh yeah, most definitely. Most, most definitely. It, it's going to take a community. It's going to take a community of us coming to get no one accord. Get no one accord to, to stand up against the violence and 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 uh, the things that's going on in our communities, in our neighborhood, and in our and our and, and, and this world, we're gonna have to come together and work and stand together. Uh, together we stand, and divided we fall. Uh, yeah. We're gonna. I'm gonna ask you a question. We're gonna close out because I'm gonna bring you back on. You already know that. You already know that. That's no doubt. Um, explain, uh, uh, brother Dwayne Coma. How can people connect with you? Or reach out oh, to you? reach out to me. They can reach out to me at. Um D Comer C O M E R twenty seven at yahoo.com. Um I'm in Syracuse. Um I'm also involved with um X um an alliance up in Syracuse, uh, which is Dwayne Comer at um Syracuse X dot org. Um you know in my phone numbers Three one five seven five one two three eight three. They can reach out to me, you know, and I'm willing to work with anyone. Uh, I'm willing to uh, get help from anyone, you know. And this. Amen, amen. And the last question before we close out: uh, what What is your What would you want people to learn from? Uh, either what's your dream or, or your legacy? What would you like for it to be, you know, left behind? about this and in the mass incarceration movement um you know and getting you know some of these black and brown people back out here to help their own community is is definitely there um so i do a lot of advocates advocacy fighting um laws with um council people who have had laws that's uh that's so disproportionately uh, against black and brown people um so you know my whole thing is I want to be able to see, you know, especially non-violence, yeah. uh, make laws you know, retroactive, uh, uh, change some of these bills. You know, it, it, Bill Clinton has said uh, he apologized to, um, in 2015 about the crack cocaine. Um, the, uh, uh, his his um, executive uh, um, director said when they even went in that. Um, that that uh, program or whatever that they was uh, feel like it was all a lie. Everybody has stepped up, but nobody has let the people out that still wait for retroactivity, and nobody is addressing that. So I want to really be able to address that nationally, and and everybody come together and get those laws off the book, mandatory minimum sentence, and the disproportionate malady of the of criminal. I mean, the crack cocaine versus the powder. 
Yes, sir. I, I believe, I believe by faith, uh, my brother, you will do that. And you're taking a stand now. And however, I can take a stand with you and the network behind me. You know, we're here also as a, another tool to get it out there, to get the word out there. All right, all right. Let us, let us, let us uh, bow heads and have a word of prayer in closing. In closing, eternal God, thank you again for this time. Thank you for this great man of God. Thank you for, for Lord. Uh, thank you for freedom, oh God. Thank you for President Obama. God, uh, there was favor there. There was a connection there to, to free this man, to be out, to impact society, and to help our young generation. God is much needed. God, he needs you. We need you. And we can't get along without you. We pray, Lord, that you open up doors and windows of opportunity, Lord, so we can take a stand. Uh, as Dr. King said, the time is always right to do right, Lord. And we, we, and we thank you, God, for giving us another chance to get it right with you. Oh, God, we lift up holy hands unto thee. I, I, I pray that you continue to bless him, his organization, bless his family, his kids, wife, kids, children, children, Lord. And that we can continue to impact this world in a positive way and not a negative way. God, we'll be, so, we'll be so ever careful and kind to give your name the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, all right, Brother uh, Dwayne, thank you so much for coming on. And you know, uh, I'll be getting back with you to bring you back on on our television network as well. Thank you so much, sir, for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you yes sir all right we signing off right here this is your this is your friend and brother pastor c coach albert signing off you know how it is sometimes life's filled with ups and downs sometimes we feel like we level to the ground but don't give up on god because god won't give up on you look at the look at the testimony of brother Dwayne coma Listen, let it give you hope. Let it empower you. Let it inspire you. Let it motivate you that God is able, that he saved from the uttermost to the guttermost. Amen, amen, amen. Fight for your dream. You may have to cry sometime. Listen, tears that stream down our face are liquid prayers. They fall, but they reach to the heavens. Listen, don't give up on your dream. Don't give up on what God wants to do through you. And be encouraged, be encouraged, and, and, and be safe out here. May God bless you. May God bless you. May forever keep you. Bye now. Hi, this is Pastor C. Coach Halbert, host from Fight for Your Dreams. I want to personally thank you for tuning in every Tuesday to listening to this podcast. This podcast would not be here without your financial support. Our broadcast is on the Resilient Christian radio network which has over 100 radio stations in the United States with over 450 radio affiliates worldwide and with your support you are helping us to stay on the air go to anchor.fm fight for your dreams click on support to bless this outreach ministry see you every Tuesday at 9 p.m. for more biblical information inspiration motivation and divine revelation to keep going and whatever you do fight for your dreams bless you to hear this and more broadcasts like this one 
go to .tu Media from the web. Also, you can find .tu Media on Roku, Amazon Fire, Android, and Apple iOS. This radio network is on .tu Media 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 56 weeks a year. Thank you for your support of .tu Media and this radio network. So don't stop dreaming. Maybe you have dreams that need to be taken back down from the shelf or maybe you're still finding out what your dreams are. Whatever the case may be, fight for your dreams. Come back next time on Fight for Your Dreams with Pastor C. Coach Halbert. This broadcast is copyrighted by Gonna Fly Now with Christ Ministries and the Resilient Christian Radio Network.